You're listening to the Earmark edition of Laying Down the Law with Billy DeClerc, Esquire. You can earn free NASBA-approved continuing professional education credits for listening to this episode. To get started, download the free Earmark CPE app, register for the course, take a quick quiz, and get your CPE certificate. It's that easy. Learn more at earmarkcpe.com. And now, on to the episode. Warning. Laying Down the Law is a comedy podcast intended to be humorous. Human listener discretion is advised. From the Beyond Unreasonable Doubt Studios, in association with Feitner Productions, it's Laying Down the Law! With your host, Billy DeClerc! Hey, that's me. Yeah, that's right, Billy. That's you. <sighs> Featuring Lauren Michaels and Pia Smith. Only a madman would dare to bring these people together to build a world of law and order, only to tear it apart with laughter. That madman is attorney Billy DeClerc. The result is a podcast blasted to the farthest reaches of the internet. That podcast is this one, and it starts right now. Welcome to Laying Down the Law, the longest-running law and comedy podcast on the planet that is hosted by me, Billy D. Clerk. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> the placement of commas are key in that sentence. <laughs> I'm a real lawyer and a comic improviser making real legal cases really real to our imagined multitudes of listeners through our <laughs> patented auditory edutainment technology. If you're joining us for the first time, Welcome. On this show, I invite top comedy performers and teach them about real legal cases. And if you listen to the whole episode without skipping ahead, there's a secret message about how you can make millions investing in real estate like me. (laughs) We also cover how you can lose that stubborn belly fat without working out or dieting. And whatever did happen to those stars from the 1980s? The answers will shock you. I can't wait to find out. I know. Me too. I'd like to introduce my returning guest first. Welcome back to the podcast. After a long absence, actually, I'd like to introduce my returning guest first. Welcome back to the podcast. Seen on this podcast as the voice of the 45th president pre-impeachment on a perfect call. A star of the juggernaut live comedy, Law and Disorder. A customer, a comic an improviser, and an actor, recently given five stars on Poshmark. She can be seen in the films Listen, Water, and Willa May, the Church Lady Vampire Slayer. Welcome the very talented Miss Pia Minsky. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be back. It's great to be back. Oh, it's great to have you back. Next, she's a dynamic actor and a comedian, a filmmaker, born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, in kindergarten, she learned that Jewish people. <laughs> She's I like, I don't do this. I wrote this. <laughs> That's right. She learned that Jewish people are a minority and her peers would judge her for it. She learned to cope through comedy. She made her film directorial debut with the uh, hit film AI Vibrator at the Broad Humor Film Festival, which was the first short from Sweet Relish Films, a production collective. Founded in 2018, please welcome a kind nurturer, a good listener, creative and comical, who lives each day with a mission to love and laugh. 
She's a co-creator of Law and Disorder, the live improv show. Let's welcome Ms. Lauren Michaels. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to write a new bio next time. Thanks for reminding me. I, great. I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I do recycle bios. <laughs> I'm thrilled to have you both on the show. But first, a word from today's sponsor. Well, Pia and Lauren, I hope that all of our listeners invest in that product and or service. <laughs> oh, I just... It was my favorite. My... I don't leave home without it without happening to that, me. Without using that product and or exactly. <laughs> service. Uh, as we sit here today, I'm not sure which major corporate backer will get that coveted presenting sponsor slot. Mm. Well, I can just say this. It leaves your skin dewy and younger than you've ever dreamed you could look. That's true. I'm looking at it right now, and it's a dream. Mm -hmm. Not only does it do that, it helps keep your driveway clear of uh, acid reflux disease. Oh, have you seen a driveway with acid reflux? I have. It's disgusting. (laughs) And a hazard to your health and safety. So we're all going to get out there and get more of that product and or service. (laughs) That is all right. I'm calling today. <laughs> That's right, because it's available by phone. Yep. <laughs> you can leave a voicemail. They follow up. All right. Well, this this week's area of the law, Pia's request was uh, social host liability. Uh, she had some kind of a, uh, a story uh, involving a drunk driving case and wanted to learn Ooh. about social host liability. And um, Lauren requested uh, identity theft. Mm. Um, so, Pia, what, what made you uh, get interested in learning about the law of social host liability? Um, oh gosh, now I'm uh, now I'm like, oh my god, may I, can I speak about it publicly? And I think I can. Mm. You'll stop me if I can't. Is it the trial's my over? Was, right. Yeah, it's over. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so oh, so it's just public record. It's okay. It's okay. You can talk about it. Now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my sister was on a jury where there was this like bizarre like drug driving case where the guy oh i forget what had happened but it was it was there has got to be like a true crime like six part series on it because it was so fascinating somehow he claimed that he had not been drinking but the officer like pulled him over he'd been weaving in and out of traffic he worked at a bar Mm -hmm. um and when they pulled him over, he refused the breathalyzer. But there were like several things about all of the behavior leading up to even before he was pulled over that sort of led to the belief that he was indeed driving drunk. Mm-hmm. But he'd like been traumatized. He had gone to the bar where he worked to like just pick up some chicken wings, but ended up staying, but claimed <laughs> that he hadn't drank while he was there. Like it was so. <laughs> There are so I many twists and turns that you could. Story. I didn't know you could refuse a breathalyzer. I didn't know that either. Just, but apparently you can. Yeah. What they say. I learned that in traffic school, the uh, yeah, the com- comedy traffic school. Back when you did that in person. <laughs> wow. In the, when you uh, actually went to traffic school in the nineties. Yeah. yeah. I did. Traffic school yeah. was awesome. Comedy traffic school, and the the, well, the guys. comedy though. The guy spent the whole time talking about how to get out of DUIs. Oh my god. Yeah, and so he said, you know, if you ever get so this public service announcement. 
if you ever get pulled over and you have been drinking, he said, refuse the breathalyzer because in the amount of time it takes them to handcuff you and take you down to the station, your blood alcohol level will go down. Oh. Because you'll metabolize some of it. Hmm. But like that's, you have to, that's you know, a risky if you get, once you're, ah. The Once problem you're is, in handcuffs, though, if you've had nine drinks, it's not going to work. Right, right. Right. Yeah, so. Wow. Yeah. In my traffic school, they just showed us um, Red Asphalt, that uh-huh. 70s movie. Oh, over and God. Over. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. I haven't seen that since I was like in junior high, but it sure was. Uh, well, it was an eye opener. <laughs> Ugh, gross. They don't make things that gory anymore. The 70s, man. They yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Wait, so did you, what did, happened? Okay. Did you finish your story? Oh, okay. Um, when the when they pulled him over, he was at his destination. Oh. And he was like, "Oh my God, I can't believe this. Seriously, like, I go and get the, there'd been a, like a death in the family. He'd gone mm-hmm. to get chicken wings. You know how like everybody starts gathering like at the actual yeah. Mm-hmm. So he gets there, and the cops are like, "Hey, man, uh, we know that you've been drinking like for the last six hours or whatever." So I, I don't remember exactly like what ended up happening. I think he was convicted of drunk driving, mm-hmm. but there was never any proof that he actually was. But nobody came wow. forward to say, okay, wow. even though he was at the bar, he did not drink, which you think that they would. I don't even know if, if you, anyone's able to follow the story from here, but that got me thinking about those, you know, the like, if you overserve someone at a bar and then the person ends up, you know, having, you know, having an accident or causing harm to someone based on the amount of alcohol that was served to them. And I, I know that I've been hearing about this, you know, probability forever, but I've never actually heard of it actually happening. So I got curious. That whole story makes me nervous on, on both sides. Like I'm already here. So you can pull me over after I got here. Like I, the trip is over. I'm not going to endanger anybody oh, like, anymore. If I could actually remember all the details, it would, blow your way. I remember and then, it was so fascinating. And then they to me. told you the breathalyzers so that it's all hearsay that you were there and drinking, right? Because then they don't really have proof, but you still get convicted. Yeah. Circumstantial what evidence did he look evidence. like? Just curious. Um what uh we he was African American. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even want to ask that when oh, I was hearing the story. But uh, yeah. But I mean, I'm like, why would they just do that to somebody without any proof? What the fuck? Oh, well, that doesn't make me feel better. I don't know if it was like a white guy would be like, oh, okay. Happens to everybody. <laughs> it, I don't know. The it whole just makes thing, me mad. The whole thing is insane. Ah! But I want to hear from a lawyer. And I think there's one in that. Oh, that's zero. Please. Yeah. I I mean, I think that, that, you know, it's a lot of circumstantial evidence and it's about persuading the jury, right? So um, in this situation, it's all about creating the doubt and the reasonable doubt. Um, You know, if he refused the breathalyzer, um, it was probably a smart move on his part. because that would be evidence, obviously, that would be a problem for him, uh, unless he was sober. Um, but it's, you know, it's about persuading, persuasion. 
But the social host liability aspect is interesting too because um, that gets into foreseeability. Is it if it, if you mm. are serving someone their their fifth or sixth drink, is it foreseeable they're going to go out and crash the car or something? Yeah, you got to make the meat. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> Upsell. Hello. That's true. Has a lot of pretzels. Yeah, like or the pretzels are usually free, right? Pre- well, you, no, it's, I think it's the law to ha- you have to provide some sustenance. Uh huh. Um, and most bars won't offer it, but I think technically, like, y- they're supposed to just give you bread or whatever if you're if you're drunk. Yeah. Uh, or drinking. Even. You mean you're supposed to like whether if the person doesn't want to, you're supposed to say, "Oh no, here, take some, eat a potato." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and and stop serving them. Um. I, in my early bartending years, I, uh, luckily it was in New York, so nobody was driving. Mm-hmm. But um, I made some people really sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my. You're like, no, 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 like, you do need another I hurricane. mean, like, like falling out of their chairs, throwing up in the place sick. Uh-huh. But yeah. I'd be like, well, I also only served margaritas no matter what people asked. That was my favorite <laughs> thing to make. <laughs> The margaritas only bar. (laughs) I'll have an old fashioned. You mean an old fashioned Mm, margarita? I'll try to make that. You get a margarita. (laughs) Uh, So, Lauren, what made you get interested in wanting to talk about identity theft? Uh, uh, Well, related to my bartending job, um, (laughs) there was a girl that came to visit me and and she hung out with me all, all day getting really drunk and she was waiting to hang out with me afterwards and I finally got off and for whatever reason um I don't know we were in our 20s and we were just mad at the world and we just started like smashing light bulbs in the street and getting crazy and um she called some drug dealer and we got in this car and uh the rest is a blurb or I won't get into it here. Um <laughs> highly incriminating podcast well listened to by law enforcement. In the morning, uh-huh. my wallet had been stolen. I had recently just started working at this bar, so I had my social security card in there. I just got uh, bumped on a flight, so I had a free ticket anywhere in there. Uh-huh. And I had about 400 in cash because I just got <laughs> off working. Oh, man. And it all got stolen, and I never figured out where or who or how I got it's just one of those things. I don't know. Somewhere in the universe, there's a Lauren Michaels that's like <laughs> flying places and throwing <laughs> cash around and Here's, fucking taking out credit with <laughs> no consequences. Absolutely. And, and it's just, like the alternate reality, like the split timeline. <laughs> I wonder. I mean, I hope she's just killing it she, in sure Dubai she, somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where was the flight to? Or no, was it was just, just like in- anywhere you want free flight. Oh, man. I know, I know. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, I had the night before, um, somehow hung out with some college football player who was showing off how far he could throw bottles, was throwing these, uh, empty beer bottles across Avenue A. It's like four lanes of traffic. So I thought I would try one, and I threw one straight through somebody's window. <laughs> <laughs> And so when I, my wallet was gone the next day, I was like, this is what I get. Uh-huh. So just to tie it back to my Jewishness. Right, it's karma. I deserve it's karma. it. Yeah, you yeah. deserve it. You deserve it. You threw it straight through someone's window just with no consequences? Uh, I mean, the just... light came on and I ducked and ran. 
But, but see, I thought you... you that like, was the consequence, I thought, was uh, I lost $400 in yeah, my identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> guess you, I meant no, like, immediate consequence. Well, nobody called. Her. Yeah. You've had, like, 20 Yom Kippurs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> should <Thank> be covered. <laughs> Keep trying. <laughs> Write me in the book of life. Please. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know about Judaism. <laughs> Yom really Kippur, awful. reset hey, button. Can I ask That's what I want. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Catholicism, you don't get that. Don't well, they get it every day you go in the little booth? That who wants to go in the little booth? Have you read a newspaper? Uh, true. <laughs> yeah, I have. So, yeah. Yeah. fair point. We just have to throw breadcrumbs in a river. Great. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what was the time frame of this? Like, what year did this take oh, place? Oh, this was per 2007, I think. 2008. Okay. 2008. I'm just curious. I was trying to sort of like assess the value of $400 during whatever, you know, time. This yeah, I place. think it was 2008 during the big crash. You could buy a house. Oh. At that point in time, you could buy a house. She just well, shifted all into gold. Lauren. I think Obama, no, Obama had like just started. Um, We're around that time. Yeah. Just started I will what, definitely buy you a beer when I see you next. Say what? What's that? Oh, I was saying I, I will definitely buy you a beer when I next see you. I was hoping that's what you said, so I just need to make sure you, I heard it. Or what, a so margarita, whatever. Oh, you yeah. Know, whatever I'll take a margarita. I love you. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Because I'm respectful and like to meet my guest requests, I did a case that involves neither identity theft nor social hosting. <laughs> <laughs> my logic. I was last night. I was like looking. I'm like I'm like going through the index table of contents. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's not in here. Hmm. I have to do research. Uh, okay, what and was the case that we read? Just so everybody knows, I'm looking at an actual book of yeah, cases here. This for isn't the, like online scrolling. Wow. For the paid Patreon yeah. members, for the so non-existent. Literally. You know, this has like tabs in it. Those tabs have been there since 2002, the fall of Whoa. 2002. Oh. Those tabs are older Is than that. Is that when you were in law school? Mm -hmm. 2002. That's when I took tort law and alternatives. Tort. And what is tort? I uh, think you might have said this to me before, and then I a tort is a delicious dessert. Of, exactly, yeah. and then I never heard the real and answer. The alternative I got stuck is on pudding, and who the fuck wants pudding? <laughs> like tort law and the alternatives. <laughs> A tort's basically like an accident, like Ooh. like um, a whoopsie. Yeah, what tort literally refers to a relationship between people that was not chosen by the people. So, Ooh. like, not a contract. It's not a contract. So, oh. most uh, lawsuits are torts, uh, civil lawsuits for money. Right, right. Um, okay. Between strangers, a tort's okay. a harm. So, negligence, traffic accident, fraud, stolen identity. Mm. Um, I would have thought that would have been. Oh my God, that's so fascinating. I've been hearing the word tort. I mean, even when I was in school, mm -hmm. and I, this is the first time that I'm understanding what that is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a, a tort just means a harm or a hurt um, somebody. So, um, so because I'm, you know, very modern and progressive, I chose a case from 1928. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for the, the law school uh, kids and, and people who want to go to law school, this is a key case that they teach in law school. Um, and it's an opinion by Judge Benjamin Cardozo, who um, later became a Supreme Court justice. I think in episode three of season two, I said he didn't. That was incorrect. I retract my prior statement. Um, I also, according to Wikipedia, he looks like a, a Conan O'Brien, actually slightly older Conan <laughs> O'Brien. So, so, um, so Cardozo is uh, um, respected for his 
flowery writing and his um, uh, protectiveness toward railroads, as you'll see. Uh. So, so the facts of the case, Paul Scraff, please uh, stop me with questions, interrupt me, ask questions, because the listeners aren't going to be able to do that. And if I say something that doesn't make sense, you're uh, the ones to tell me that. I would just like to, to bring something up yes. where, where I feel like, based on the time frame at that time, the railroads were like the internet, right? I mean, they were like the thing that held the entire country together. So I just, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Important to know. Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. Rail, railroad in 1928 was the kind of only way to get around. Uh, before General Motors ruined everything. Mm-hmm. How, right. <laughs> building their <laughs> automobiles, <laughs> putting them on freeways. I saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know, that's what the whole premise yeah, is. Exactly. No, it is, though. It's a, the evil cars. I heard the reason we have no good public transport in my life. I like to go to to um, uh, Philippe's, and you see the old pictures of the red cars. Yeah, and it's cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So the choo-choo trains. That French dip. Mm-hmm. The, the choo-choo trains, um, um, while being fun and nostalgic, were actually really freaking dangerous. So <laughs> a lot yeah. of really? a lot of railroad cases. We've had a couple of them. On. Were any about um, like a woman was tied to the tracks by an evil villain and, you know, somebody's like racing the clock. Together. <laughs> yeah, most of them are. In oh, fact, okay. there's yeah. a whole chapter. And um, let me just look up. You have um, you have negligence, uh, strict <laughs> liability would, yeah. and melodrama. Melodrama. That's Melod- in the melodrama <laughs> section. So. Helen Paulsgraf sued Long Island Railroad. Long Island Railroad was a railroad in New York. Uh, so this is a New Long York- Island. You got to really Island. hit the G on that Long one. Long Island. Yeah. Long Island. And uh, the, the Long Island Railroad apparently connected different parts of this Long Island. I've never been to New York. But That's it's pretty a, long. Yeah, it's pretty long. So you, Very long. Based on the width. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Comparatively. <laughs> Compared to the width, it's long. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, so Helen Paulsgraf bought a ticket. Uh, she bought a ticket, and she was going to Rockaway uh, Beach. Rockaway Beach. Yeah, she's going to Rockaway Beach. Rockaway. Mm-hmm. She's bought a ticket to Rockaway Beach, uh, 1924. And um, while she's standing on the platform, a, a two uh, two men. Uh, see that the train is not the one she's going on. Train going the other direction is is pulled into the station, and they decide they're going to run to make the train. Mm. Okay, so this is an old, you know, coal uh, running train. It's starting to pull away from the station, and guy number one's, um, you know, I don't know, he's wearing Nikes or something. Well, I was just going to say, I'm I'm picturing this shoe does not have traction if it's 1928, yeah, or seven mm, or wherever mm-hmm. we are. 24, yeah, 24. That's a slippery shoe. It is a slippery shoe. These are slippery shoes. Yeah. And they're probably wearing top hats and, you know, ascots and stuff like that. They're running in, you know, three-piece suits or whatnot. I have a small, I have a question. So you, 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 you stated that there were lots of choo-choo train accidents. Mm-hmm. Is this, is this one of them? Like people running for the train and ended it ending up in a, in a. <laughs> Slipping right out of those rails. Yes. <laughs> No one tied okay. to the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, was it 
like now, you know, there has to be a sign that says, do not drive your car across the tracks when the bars are coming down. Yeah, exactly. Mind so, the gap, time. all that. Yeah, so hold that thought, and then you can tell me at okay. the end of the case what you think the sign ought to say. Mm. Okay. okay, so so guy number one runs, he makes the train, he jumps onto a moving train very dramatically. Guy number two, oh my wow. God. Yeah, a little bit slower, and he's carrying a package. About, this is about like 18 inches in size, it's wrapped in brown paper. Um, and he, so I guess he's a little slower because he's got this package he's carrying. He's mm-hmm. going to jump on the train. And he, he jumps and he makes the train, but he's losing his balance. He's kind of standing there wobbling as the train's moving. And so the two train employees run over to help him. The first one is on the train. He's pulling this guy in. Okay. The second one is on the platform and he's pushing him in, like trying to help him make it. Pushing the tush. Yeah. Pushing him on the tush. Yeah. And so the guy, you know, in, in all the excitement, drops the package. Uh-oh. Okay. The package, it turns out, is fireworks. What? Oh, God! <laughs> so the fireworks hit the tracks no. and explode. Yes. Oh, my God. They explode. Okay. Helen, what a hazard. It's ridiculous, right? Come on. So Helen Paulsgraf, she's on the other end of the train oh, platform. Helen, she's standing oh, no. there. And this uh, uh, giant scale, basically, you know, like the scales of justice. This, yeah. This, giant scale for whatever reason they're keeping scales in the well they had to weigh that bomb that that guy was carrying before he got (laughs) on the board yeah falls over she falls down the scales fall over on her Uh, and injure her this isn't justice it's not so that those are the facts of the case. That's what happens. Is that, that basically the, the explosion of the fireworks was so big it knocks over these scales onto Helen Paul's graph. So she sues the Oh railroad. my god. Is she there alone or what what's her deal? Uh, she she was any... alone. Oh, she was alone. She did survive. Helen, a woman um, traveling alone at that time? I know. Well, I, I know, my goodness. A damsel in distress. Indeed. She hadn't been... Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then this thing, like, crushes her or... Yeah, it crushes her, basically. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, side note, apparently the Paulscraft family, because this is a famous case that's been studied in uh-huh. law schools for almost 100 years, um, you know, any, any lawyer that's like, oh, oh, you're a Paulscraft. Oh, do, oh, do you know about the case involving <laughs> oh Helen Paulscraft? And they're like, yeah, we know. That's Granny. Granny. Wow. Granny Helen. Yeah, she got crushed. Um, God. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so she sues. She wins. She gets $6,000. Meanwhile, guy with the bomb fireworks, he's gone he's the other gone. direction. He's gone. He, no he consequences. Gone. Apparently not. Uh, so she sues the railroad. This part. Mm-hmm. Okay, she suing the railroad. the railroad. She sues the railroad because the... Two guys that helped the running guy, uh, the, the the one who went running with the yeah. package, they helped him onto the train. And so they're the she railroad said, employees. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she said it was negligent for them to help him uh, because they caused his package to fall out of his hands and explode. <sighs> so it's their fault. Uh, and it'd be too difficult to just sue the guy carrying an explosive because we don't know who that is. he doesn't have any money, mm-hmm. but the railroad does. Yeah. So two possible. Ah. I already knew about that back then. Two possible <laughs> reasons. One is he got away. Yeah. The other is he had no money, so maybe he wasn't wearing the top hat and ascot. Maybe he was wearing, you know, rags and knickerbockers. Ah, uh, he had an evil mustache either way because he was about to do a suicide bomb on that train. What yeah, the fuck? Was he was carrying fireworks on a... <laughs> I mean, what if he dropped it on the train on a baby? Yeah. I, exactly. Come on. That would have been a much more interesting case. Yeah, it would have. Yeah. Well, if I get a time babies. machine, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, this is exactly one of those cases that you know, the space-time continuum goes another way. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, um, so she wins the lawsuit, and Good. she appeals Ow. in the in the 
Um, and in the, the first level of appeals, kind of the middle level, she wins again. So this is the, the top court in New York. It's called the Court of Appeal. Um, so the railroad keeps appealing. Railroad keeps appealing. They keep taking it up. You know, the $6,000, they're not going to pay Helen Paulscraft the $6,000. It's a lot of money. 6000 yeah. Mm-hmm. What would that, what do you estimate that, that equates to in today's times? I don't have a, usually I have a computer in front of me. Pia, you want to look up $6,000 in today's dollars? Sure, sure. Thank you. It would be about $96,000 oh, Okay. not bad. Long Island Railroad can afford it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. Uh, they definitely can. Um, so the question that was presented in the in the, the New York Court of Appeal, the top court, to Justice Cardozo, it looks like Conan O'Brien, is the <laughs> railroad liable for negligence? Does it does it owe her money when its guards were if its guards were negligent pushing the man carrying the package? Uh, guesses? Uh, Card- uh, he's gonna go with the railroad, isn't he? Is he? So cynical. What do you think, Pia? I, I don't think that the railroad is liable. I don't think that that's their... Here's my I thing. I think possible. the higher court you get, the more people are getting paid under the table. Mm-hmm. That's my theory. Oh, that too. Mm-hmm. So show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't get to the Supreme Court, Shut this Justice brought up. Cardozo, yeah. mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. taking some railroad money. Oh, yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Same yep. problem forever. Well, that was the answer. Um, oh. The No, the railroad is not liable. Oh, Helen. Uh, because, so because the plaintiff was too far away, essentially. Is it, it basically um, this is the idea of foreseeability? Well, what about uh, how secure that scale was that they put there? Good point. <laughs> how secure was the scale? Were they responsible for the scale? The, the, the analysis really in the case was about the, the, the interaction between the guards pushing, the man dropping the package, the package explodes, the scales fall over. You know, tip- I mean, if it was a Pink Panther movie, I'd love to see <laughs> yeah, it. That's a- uh. Exactly. <laughs> like there's a little marble that kind of goes around. Then it, <laughs> then it knocks over a duck that like dips into the water. The scene I'm missing is like Helen, you know, kicking a dog right before this happens. And exactly. then we're like, yay! Yay! Got what she yay! <laughs> Fuck Helen Paul's craft. Yeah, she got it. So- she had it coming. <laughs> oh, yes, the musical. Hey, I also just sort of, I maybe. I'm thinking that the railroad is responsible and liable because now we have to determine what is safe for for passengers to travel with, mm. right? So if they knew that it were, was explosives, right. definitely they wouldn't have helped him. But if it had been like a big box full of teddy bears, well, that's okay. Right. So maybe the railroad has to, you know, establish mm, you know, and i wonder a, a, that's a, a good point sheet, you know if you're are you carrying you know because what if the the railroad employees had been injured would that have been a different or would they, they have just uh, swept that under the table yeah. and kept moving yeah i don't think that yeah i don't think the workers comp system was quite the same in 1924 <laughs> this is pre-union this is eugene v debs wow platform you know wow it, uh yeah um in fact, the modern labor movement was started um, based upon mistreatment of railroad workers. <gasps> there you go. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so one of the facts that, that Justice Cardozo looked at is the fact that nobody could have known that there were fireworks in the package. The defendants' employees couldn't have known because it was wrapped in brown paper. People weren't meant to label that. They didn't have <laughs> the, that sign. There's no, there was no before, way that they like, could have known that 
it wasn't foreseeable that if they push this guy onto the train, he might drop a package. That package might have explosives in it. The explosives would blow up and knock the scale over. Right? <laughs> he basically says, I don't think they could have known that. He said, and this is um, Justice Cardoza, so I'll read it in a Cardoza voice. The conduct of the defendant's guard, if a wrong in a relation to the holder of... <laughs> Of the package. I have no idea. He's, I don't know if he's Italian or if he's, I don't know what that hey, is. He made a choice. That's I don't right. know. <laughs> I don't even know what the choice is. <laughs> it's like an amorphous Irish Italian Long Island. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Long Island. Long Island. Long oh, you yeah, may read it more like the conduct of the, it's like my <laughs> the conduct of the defendant's God, if wrong in relation to the holder of the package, was not a wrong in its relation to the plaintiff standing far away relative to her it was not negligence at all so blame god i guess mm-hmm. that's any he, he said he, he quoted pollock on torts hmm. mm-hmm. something fishy about that right uh, yeah. Yeah. i had that in my show i wrote that in advance good job <laughs> uh, proof of negligence in the air so to speak will not do if it's just kind of like negligence just out there. Right. Just, any negligence isn't enough. It has to relate to the actual See, plaintiff. This kind of this is reminding me of uh, what happened uh, in Los Angeles just a few months ago. Remember these cops took all these illegal fireworks uh-huh. and they and then and somehow oh, moving yeah. that it exploded and then like killed people. Uh-huh. Didn't so like I wonder it, or something? What's that? Didn't a house burn down? Some, it was a bad, it was a big old mess. <laughs> but yeah. then I just thought, like, what are they going to see the cops? Are the cops are they going to do anything? Yeah. Yeah. Are they they going to qualify to like, We couldn't probably. tell by the package it was going to Yeah, they couldn't tell. It says fireworks. Oh, I'm going to quote this case here. See? Not my Relative fault. to her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really curious to know what was the, what the outcome of that whole thing in L.A. was. Yeah, me too. Um, Probably not done yet. My question about this, tell me her name again. Helen Polsgraf. P-A-L-S-G-A-R-F. What were her lasting injury like? What what was her you know how she end up physically? Did she lose mm. a limb or right, I mean I don't or know. disfigurement or anything? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And how old was she when this happened to her? Uh, not that old. I feel bad for her. Mm-hmm. Except that she had it coming. She definitely had it coming. Well, we think, <laughs> but we can't we can't prove that. You know, the thing about law You had heard the way she talked to the woman at the counter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's funny funny thing about... I bet you anything. In fact, I'm sure her name is Karen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Quite Quite sure. Helen was the original Karen, remember? Yeah, Yeah, actually, some of the critiques of this case um, uh, say that Cardozo deliberately glossed over a lot of facts, a lot of the things that were in evidence. He was so paid. They're like, why give $6,000 to this lowly woman when we could give... That Just, money to the judge to do what we need him to do forever. Right. Well, there's also this uh, issue with externalities. Um, I did look this up. There were um, there were uh, 108 um, fatalities in railroad accidents in 1924. Damn! Um, wow. Uh, yeah, 108 passengers killed. Oh no, I'm sorry. Just on the Long Island Railroad. Oh. Because I'm thinking countrywide, that's not that much. 108, yes, just on, just on, on Long this Island. tiny island. Mm-hmm. I mean, there yeah. okay. weren't even that many people yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, and so basically, you know, he, he what Cardoza says is, is a different conclusion will involve us. So he says, if, I, if you went the other way and swiftly to in a maze of contradictions, 
Let's say a guard stumbles over a package which is left on a platform. It seems to be a bundle of newspapers. It turns out to be a can of dynamite. In the eye of ordinary vigilance, the bundle is abandoned waste, which may be kicked or trod on with impunity. Mm. Is a passenger at the other end of the platform protected by the law against the unsuspected hazard concealed beneath the waste? If not, is the result to be any different so far as this distance passenger is concerned when the guard stumbles over a valise with a truckman or porter had left upon the walk? Basically, wow. if we do this, it's a slippery slope. It'll be anarchy. Every man for himself. Anytime someone gets hurt, they're just going to sue the railroad, and we don't want that. It's interesting that even though, even though this happened, it took us so long to get to if you see something say something <laughs> yeah. like this is the opinion and then his whole argument is like if you see something not my fault yeah not my problem <laughs> not my problem um you know, was she compensated in any way or she just had to like deal with her injuries I mean, uh, in awful. fact she ended up having to pay the railroad about six hundred dollars in cost <laughs> <No>. yeah <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah, there's like a whole thing on Wikipedia about they talked to his, her lawyer about it later and he just kind of like shook his head. It's like, oh. What a defeated lawyer oh there. God. He's like taken right? to drinking Jeez. more than he was before, <laughs> not just margaritas. And in all of this is the guy, I'm sorry, I'm so curious. Yeah. The, the guy with the package, mm -hmm. is he involved in this in any way? Or he just ran off to his destination without his fireworks? He's a shadowy, anonymous figure in history. Wow. He was in the game. Wow. He's the slim man. Is that That's an internet right. thing, right? The slim man or the tall man? Isn't that an internet thing? Ah, uh, there's the third man. No, no, no. I don't know. Anyway. It's <laughs> like an internet thing about the slim man or the, the tall man or the yeti or something I, I, like that. I know the thing of what to speak, but yeah. yeah the, this is horrible. It is horrible. What, it is horrible. What, what did, did she spend the rest of her life just denouncing and fighting the railroads and picketing and, and <clears throat> just making a stir? Like, what did she do? One would think. One would think. Oh, God. So for a lawyer to meet a Paul's graph and be like, hey, kind of fucked up. Yeah, it is. Because that family didn't get shit. Well, you know what's interesting? You know, I was going to make the point that there's nothing in the, in the law textbook about what really happened. See, they train you early on in law school to not care. To what don't care people. about, right. Oh. Can, we can't well, can we monetize a, it. It's a valuable skill. It, we know that it's $6,000 and that's kind of all you need to know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They don't even train you to wonder what $6,000 would be worth today. Mm -hmm. It's just $6,000. <laughs> well, it's the question of, uh, you know, can you be negligent? Is it foreseeable? Someone gets behind the wheel of a vehicle. Are you the responsible party because you served them their 17th margarita? Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's on you. Yeah, that's on you. With no chips. Mm -hmm. No chips. <laughs> no chips at all. The chips are free with guacamole costs money. Right, right. Yeah. Usually you have some watery salsa, though. Throw you. <laughs> free stuff. <laughs> Well, I almost wish I didn't know about this story because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of down. Well, let's see if we can't lift if we can't lift you up. <laughs> okay, lift All right. me up. How much improv can we do in seven minutes? <laughs> okay, folks. Well, Pia has you. to go. She has a prior engagement. So we're gonna say, Bye! yay! Thank you. More. Rocket, y'all. Kill it. Oh boy.
break a leg, I think they say in Hollywood. Is that what you people say? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> wow, Jeff. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jeez. I hear you. Uh-huh. I hear you loud and clear, Jeff. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I'm leaving. Peace Bye out, you guys. Here. Love you. Good luck. I hope they give you some good meds. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, no, fun. it's just a mirror. I know. Should we? <laughs> oh, no, we got to have it for the Patreon. Eliana, Patreon. <laughs> this is for you. You're welcome. <laughs> Your four ninety nine a month is buying you. It was Me kind out of funny of to like split focus. Yeah. I was like, is this how Megan Kelly feels? <laughs> I don't know if any of us know how <laughs> Megan Kelly feels. Charlize Theron knows. She yeah. did the work. I don't um. know. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, you kind of come at the end like going, very conflicted. Very conflicted. Very conflicted. conflicted. Which well, doesn't come across as conflicted. Oh, no. She comes across like, just work harder. It's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. You should just have a husband as good as my husband. That's your problem. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so the 1920s. Uh-huh. Um, that's the time of silent movies because I keep wanting to do that like 40s movie voice. Oh, but yeah, that's the 40s. The 20s okay. is totally right. silent. Let's we gotta, do that. Okay, hold on. Ready? <laughs> <do a> silent, <laughs> We're going to do a silent 40s, <laughs> silent 20s movie. All right. And this is where the text would say, <laughs> crash. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> You need one of those like oh, ragtime oh no. pianos. Oh no, Jeff's gonna put it in. Oh, Jeff, great, great, Jeff, great. Can we have that? <laughs> Jeff, can we have that um, 1920s tinny kind of ragtime music? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll and just uh, narrate the dialogue cards. Hey, lady, get out of the way. I'm walking here. Uh, then we see a <clears throat> uh, we see a lady moving very quickly, and a and and a close up on a mustache. Fingers twirling the mustache. The man with the mustache takes a break from his twirling to take his cane and smack the woman out of his way. His train's leaving. Uh, a title card pops up. Ah! <laughs> a baby wails in the distance. My baby! My baby missed the train. Please. Two cards in a row. Uh, the mustache twirling man. You'll never make the train. <laughs> Another card. Because I make the train. Oh. The railroad employees enter. They just made this train today. <laughs> Title card. Hello, Baron von Railroadston. <laughs> Sign on the train says fresh paint. The lady attempts to snatch and dislodge her baby who's tied to the train tracks. Oh. <laughs> His sweater came unknitted. And as it was unraveling, it tied that baby to the trail. Train tracks. Choo choo. Big billows of black coal smoke. Come through and everyone gags. <laughs> Everyone's coughing. Title card says cough, cough. 
dialogue card says oh. <laughs> <laughs> this smoke really bothers my smoking <laughs> the next title card is a parenthetical it says do you think we'll ever have sound in movies <laughs> And as the train with wet paint <laughs> is peeling away, uh, the baby begins to giggle. Dialogue card, baby giggle. Uh, we see a close-up of, uh, another close-up of Baron von Railroadstein. <laughs> Baron von Railroadstein shakes his fist and says, you'll never get away with this. There was a, there, that was a dialogue. Oh, yes, of course. Just then, the baby <laughs> gets uh, catapulted <laughs> onto the track when a little dog jumps and uh, like a seesaw, you know, jumps right. on a, a wooden plank and seesaw catapults that baby right into the arms of Baron von Railroadstein. Good <laughs> Baron von Railroadstein sets a marvel at the top of the railroad platform. It rolls down a roller coaster. It hits a fan that starts spinning, which turns a pinwheel, which lights a match, which falls over into a line of gunpowder. <gasps> a spark follows the gunpowder across the platform, around and under the platform, where there is a small flock of baby geese. It makes a very small pop and tips over the feed that the geese have been eating. They then fly out from under the railroad platform, picking up the baby and flying away. Title card. Wee. Oh, sorry, that was a dialogue card. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, you're right. That is a dialogue it's a card. It's a dialogue. Dialogue card. Uh, title card says, later that day. <laughs> uh, the flock of geese take a break at Rockaway Beach where they drop the baby into a huge pile of sand. His sweater now has unraveled to be just a mere scarf. Close up on the back of the baby and teeny tiny little wings are sprouting out of his Dialogue card, I'm so happy I found my family. The end. <laughs> Title card. The moral is... Not every railroadstein is an angel. And not every railroadstein is bad. The end. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a pro move. We're going to do a Whoa. silent movie on a podcast, an audio medium. Oh, my God. Oh, but, it's, but the Patreon behind the paywall is really good. Oh, yeah, it's really yeah. Good. It's really good. Yeah. Really good. It was really active. All that animation. Yeah. yeah. It was really Thousands active. of dollars yeah. of you know, <laughs> and overseas animators. Really 
highly detailed. Ooh. I mean, I felt like that was some pretty strong imagery. I I will. It was very specific. Yeah. I would give it. I would give it imagery a ten, plot a three. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. But that's how those movies were back then. Yeah. So you're welcome. A lot of tension. It's true to the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's a short. Exactly. It's. It's, Yeah. Next is going to be a a western. Yeah. Yeah. We can have more character development Mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. No. No. Yeah. Right. I mean, the the yeah we. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A newsreel. News on the march. <laughs> right. <laughs> news on the march. Oh, we're, are we gonna do? We're we gonna do this now. We're gonna do like a whole series of newsreels. News. Yeah. News on the march. We take you to Germany. In Germany, the rise of the von Rerudstein family has been traced with great interest by the monarchy there. The existing monarchy in Germany are concerned about the rising proletariat movement in the uh, suburbs of uh, uh, Hamburg. Hamburg, yes, the Hamburg suburbs where the von Railroadsteins are from. <laughs> well, at this time, it's all one Ottoman Empire, I think. Yes. Right, this yes. is how old that news is. Yes. Ottoman Empire. Charles Lindbergh has been recent is seen here shaking hands with Baron von Railroadstein the first. The two of them are planning to shop for Ottomans today. <laughs> In domestic news, President uh, Michael Moore. Moore has issued a new, new, new contract with the American worker. The details of the plan are not specific, but they do involve more smoke breaks. More smoke breaks and less accountability. Yes. Anything done on this job will not come back at you. The American businessman is delighted with this change in the in the nascent labor movement in the United States, preventing a socialist outbreak. Yes, when every man is for himself, no man is for everyone. Yes. A perfect model for this new uh, industrial revolution. Yes. This has been News on the March. March, 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 march. Yes. <laughs> stop, 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 stop. Wow. <laughs> Thousands no, of dollars of like, improv having, like, those, you know, man, it really made me want to have, like, bells and, like, oh, yeah. cloppity-clop things. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get some. <laughs> well, good, because we're doing old stuff. It's going to be all public domain, right? We don't have to, yeah. even, don't have to worry about royalty-free or creative Cloppity. commons licenses. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we get the horse, the horse, yeah, clippity-clap, clippity, like the Monty These, Python. These, like, uh, like, coconuts, I coconuts. think. Yeah, right? But I think, Something you know, like I think, actually, the, the coconuts were done with Foley editors. I don't even think they're really coconuts. Yeah, because they're, they're where like were they getting coconuts? Glockenspiels. Ah, yeah. Yes. It's German. Yes, it's Germans are over <laughs> all over everything. <laughs> all right, well, uh, how about we do... Um, Hamburg is in Germany, so mm-hmm. I was questioning myself, and then I was like... Man, my geography is real shitty. I don't know. I ha- look. I said I'm from Dayton, Ohio. It's I an went alternate to public school. What do you want? It's an alternate me? timeline. <laughs> timeline. <laughs> now we know where Lauren Michaels went. 
Hamburg, Austria, <laughs> to visit the Limburgs and the von Steins. I need an ottoman, <laughs> please. All right. My couch just isn't wide deep enough, and I need something for my knees. That's right. And scene. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's legal voyage, and I want to thank you for joining me, your host, on this earmark edition of Laying Down the Law. I'd like to thank my crew, Lauren, Pia, and a special shout out to Miss Helen Paulsgraf for joining me on this journey into madness. And listener, I'd like to thank you for coming along with us. Wherever you are, you're also here while you're there via the magic of Earmark CPE. I'd also like to thank the OG Cello Performance CPA, Blake Oliver, for building Earmark CPE, the mighty little app that makes learning fun and free. <clears throat> Mostly free, but now you can subscribe. Isn't that right, Blake? That's right, Billy. And speaking of Mighty, thank you to the Mighty Q, Quentin Feitner for the Mighty Cover Art. Thank you for the opportunity, Billy. And uh, hey, if you listeners want some cool art of your own, you can find me at fightpro.com. Thank you to David Felton for creating the awesome all original music. And a special thank you to Jeff at Feitner Productions. Hey, that's me. <laughs> yes, Jeff. That is you. Thank you, Jeff, for making a little boy's radio show dreams into a middle-aged man's podcast reality. So until next time... Wait. What's this? You forgot something. What's that? I forgot something, you say? Yeah, you gotta do the thing. You know, the thing. Alright. If you want even more of that delicious legal nut butter drenched in comedy chocolate find the full version of this and every amazing episode of laying down the law at fightpro.com or wherever in the metaverse you get your podcasts that's f-y-t-e-p-r-o.com fighter productions is not responsible for the preceding comments related to nut butter if you or someone you know experiences nausea third eye blindness sudden onset euphoria or have an unrelenting craving for ham seek help immediately Laying Down the Law is protected by the Intergalactic Treaty of Euripides, Stardate 21821.90. If you'd like a transcript of the show, please send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Colonel Steve Austin, care of the Foundation for Law and Government, 221A Baker Street, Beverly Hills, 90210. Any likeness to real places, persons, or events is absolutely happenstance. We'd never intentionally crib real-life happenings to make a podcast. We're not true crime, after all. It's more likely a situation similar to the chimpanzees, typewriters, and Shakespeare, right? That's what Attorney Steve says anyway. And if you know what's good for you, you listen to Attorney Steve. I don't argue with Attorney Steve, mostly because he ain't right in the head and quite honestly frightens me a little bit. The last time we went to court, the judge started asking him all kinds of weird questions like, where did you study law and why hasn't the State Bar of California ever heard of you? Then Attorney Steve started doing this weird deep breathing meditation kind of thing and muttering under his breath about a monster truck fight and how the judge ain't got nothing on a 15,000 pound, 2,000 horsepower fire breathing death cage on wheels and then the tailor keep running with his taser and honestly, I didn't even ask Attorney Steve to come with me. It was only traffic for God's sake. Besides, I totally parked in the loading truck and I wasn't